you know, a few years ago, um, there was a Balabas, a Hush of a Balabas, who started dabbing with us on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And he was obviously very learned, but he was more connected to the approach of, you know, Litvisha Taira. And he was trying to, like, familiarize and see a different perspective. So we spoke before Rosh Hashanah about what Rosh Hashanah would be like. And I mentioned that it was very Simcha-oriented. And we were talking about it. And I said the reason, and I mentioned this is past Shabbos, uh, Shabbos day during davening, that the reason why there's an Indian to be Mesameach is from Sukkim and Nechemia, and the Chassam Sefer explains that because it's the day of coronating the king, even though there is an Ema and a Yira and a Pachat, as the Ramam describes, there's fear. But you have to put that fear aside in order to be Mesameach and to coronate the king. Hashem deserves Simcha by his coronation. So the person understood, and he had a very beautiful davening. Came before Yom Kippur. So he asked me, how are we going to have Simcha on Yom Kippur? Meaning, I understand the Simcha of Rosh Hashanah and singing, and I understand all that, because it's coronated the king. But to have Simcha on Yom Kippur, he said, that's, that's a little bit more confusing to him, because Yom Kippur is a day of tshuva, it's a day of pachad and yira. But there is, listen, Hashivinu, there is singing and there is Simcha. So where does that Simcha come from? I, think it was, I thought it was a great question, and it really took me back for a second. That's what I want to talk about today. What is the Simcha of Yom Kippur? Before we... That's question number one. Question number two is, we say in Avinu Malkeinu, that we say, that we ask Hashem to return us in complete tshuva. Not partial tshuva, complete tshuva. What does complete tshuva mean? So Rav Kook, in the Sefer Moya de Hariyah, Daf Samach Vav, he writes as follows, We ask Hashem to return us with complete tshuva. My Masha Tshuva Shalema, Rav Kook says, what does it mean complete tshuva? What's incomplete tshuva? So it says Rav Kook, To answer the question, you have to look at the next Avinu Malkeinu, which is, That we ask there should be complete health amongst those that are sick, complete health. What does that mean? So it says of Cook, very simply, Bereiv HaMikrim, many times, HaMachalehi symptom shall matzav lo talkin shall of kule. Many times that if there's something wrong with the body, it's a symptom of something that's underlying that's much worse. And if you were to just put a band-aid on that problem, that wouldn't solve the overall illness. And Rav Kook says that if the doctor were to just look at the symptom and just put band-aids here and there without overall understanding what's the cause of it, that's healing in a not complete way. That's, that's a, it's a healing, it's a refua, but it's not shlema. Only if the doctor is able to figure out the root cause of the illness, the root cause of the sickness. And he gives him a medicine that will not just fix the symptoms and not just fix, you know, put band-aids on the outer problems, but to actually get to the root cause of the illness. That's called Rufu Shalem. So to it is, says Rav Kook, when we ask Hashem on Yom Kippur, that we want to have complete Shuva. Who had in Shuva Shalem? We're not asking for partial tshuva. Partial tshuva means ketua, she mesyaches l'chet hamugder, hamesuyim. 
the Avoidim, we'll talk about this, and I really spoke about this a little bit last Hasidish last week. The Avoidim of Yom Kippur is to not just have tshuva for a specific chet or tshuva for, to, to put band-aids on the problems. You got to get tshuva shlema, which is to try to figure out the root cause of sin overall and try to fix it and try to, try to overall fix that problem that you're having instead of just putting band-aids on it. Try to get to the root cause of all sin and solve it. We're trying to get, not just to say, okay, I'll, I'll stop doing this, I'll stop doing that, stop doing this, but what's causing me to do these things? Well, I need a tshuva that's going to solve overall the issue, that's causing all this. A tshuva that brings you back to your source, that's the Avoid of Yom Kippur. So question number two is, what is that? What is the root of all sin? And what's the way to get there? What's the way to fix that? And again, the root of all sin is not, you know, don't see Lashon Hara, or don't see things you shouldn't see. Like, what's the root of it? That's question number two. So to answer these questions, I was thinking, there's a shir that I once gave on davening, and it was based on a Torah that my brother wrote in his sefer. My brother wrote a sefer, Yama Tvila. It's a very beautiful sefer on Tvila. And in that sefer, he addresses certain aspects of davening. And I think if we go through that, so we'll take a detour, I think it'll explain everything. What my brother was talking about in that sefer, and I'll quote Yama Tvila, is he's talking about the Avoid of Karbonus. You know, every day we're supposed to be saying Karbonus in the morning. And Karbonus is not just, you know, a part of davening. It's an integral element in order to go to Pesukah de Zimra and Shman Shman properly. In order to daven properly, you need to say Karbonus. Karbonus is a part of the larger picture of davening. And what is the nature of Karbonus? Like, what's the purpose of it? So, just in- interesting, you know, Rav Rav Nachman has one approach. I'll mention Rabbi Nachman's approach, and now we're going to say the exact opposite. Rabbi Nachman, one of his most famous Torahs, is called Torah Pebez. You just have to say Torah Pebez. It's the 282nd piece of Lukut Imaran. It's where Rabbi Nachman talks about the empowering people. It's finding the Kudus Taivus. Rabbi Nachman says that a person, even if he feels empty, and even if he feels devoid of, uh, avoid of doing mitzvahs, and he feels like he's only full of Averis, try to find the good the good in yourself, the good in others, to try to find that little spark, to try to say, you know what, today I might have had a pretty miserable day, but I did this, this good, and I did that good, and find those nukudas taivis. And once you have nukudas taivis, then you could sing, then you could daven, then you could daven properly. Rabbi Nosen, in the first piece of Lukut Maran, Rabbi Nosen, in Lukut Yalachis, Rabbi Nosen says that's the purpose of St. Karbanas. St. Karbanus, again, this is his perspective, and we'll see the exact opposite perspective in a moment. Rabbi Nelson says that a lot of times a Jew doesn't feel worthy of davening. He doesn't feel worthy of talking to Hashem. And therefore, in order to empower yourself, you say Karbanus. And what's Karbanus? Karbanus is you have an animal, right? And you take this cow, it's a low animal, it's a cow, and you slaughter it. And all of a sudden, if you slaughter it in such a way, all of a sudden it's a Karban la Hashem. Which shows you that even that animal that looked pretty devoid and looked pretty empty, there was holiness and there was a spark there and there was kedusha there. There was an akuda taiva. There was a, a piece of good in that animal. 
and therefore the Jew says Karbanis and reminds himself that even that lowly animal has within it that spark, that potential, that Koyach, so too I also have that within me. So Rabbi Nassim says the avoid of Karbanis is to build up the person, and then he's worthy of davening, then he could daven, sing Shira, Sipsak the Zimra, So in the Sefer Yamat he goes with the approach of Chabad, and the Chabad holds is the exact opposite. Let's let's see it together. He says, Reishis Havoida Allah Adam, Marmakon number three, the beginning of a person, and this will also address of what does Chuva Shalema mean. The beginning avoid of a person, Metzat Koyach Nefesh, the first job of a Jew if he wants to become close to Hashem, is Alpi Akosov, as the Apostle says, Sur Meirav Asitoy. First, you have to Sur Meirav, first, you have to get rid of sin, first, you have to do Chuva, then Asitoy. Then you could build yourself up to serve Hashem properly. Koloimar, what does Sur Meirav mean? Shebetchilas Avoides Adam Shinesar Bedaita Lo Shuval Hashem. That the first time a person wants to become close to Hashem and wants to return to Hashem, the Avoida, and this, by the way, is Tshuva Shlema, is Lahapoich Es Ha'anishaloi La'ayin. The cause of all sin. As I said before, Tshuva Shlema means to fix the root of all sin. The root of all sin is Ani, is a sense of self. That doesn't mean self-esteem. It means ego. It means not just ego in an egotistical way, but the very thought that you're your own person and you're devoid of Hashem, that there's Hashem's kingdom and then there's me and Ani, and I get to do what I want. That sense of ego, that sense of self, is the cause of all sin. All sin can be divided down to that point, which is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has his rules and he has his desires, but Ani, I have my own. You know, the Megalamukai says, the Megalamukai writes that the Pesach says that Chava, when she was ensnared to do sin by the Nachash, she said, Hanachash Hishiyani. The Nachash ensnared me. Hishiyani means he bit me, he snared me, he got me to sin. Says the Megalamukai, Hishiyani is the letters Yesh Ani. That the serpent instilled within Chava the sense of self that before that point she didn't think of herself as having her own desires outside of the will of Hashem, but now she does. And the truth is that the Nochash instilled within Chava that sense of self, and that's the root of all sin. Lahapeches Ani, you take the letters Ani, which is I, and you switch the Yud in the middle, you put Hashem into your life, it's Ayin. And now you're nothing, meaning you're part of Hashem. And by the way, it's not meant to put you down. On the contrary, because you could become something. Meaning, it's not, it's not meant to ruin your self-esteem. It's saying that you on yourself, look how fleeting you are. He, he says like this, A person has to think within himself, Think about what a human is capable of. And think about how fleeting life is. Think about how limited we are. And then think about the fact that if you start listening to Hashem, you could become a part of the living God. So that's the thing, Bittal, destroying the ego is not, is not meant to give you a low self-esteem. On the contrary, it's giving you an opportunity to actually have a meaningful life. It's giving you an opportunity to actually fulfill something in your life. But think about what a human is without Hashem. I mentioned the Ish Kodesh. Ish Kodesh in his diary, he writes, 
that uh, if you want to know what the Yitzhahara is uh, is capable of, he says, imagine if you had a child, and from the baby's the age of two, imagine if it said yes to the Yitzhahara of every inclination. Where would it be when he's 30? Probably won't be alive. It'll be in jail. That's what the Yitzhahara is. And the avoid of a Jew when he wants to do tshuva shlema, is to think about what Ani is capable of and to realize how far it takes you away from Hashem and how limited and how coarse it could be. And then to start realizing that if I'm a vatal myself, I can actually become a part of something bigger. And it's the opposite of ego. That, that ego, you know, thinks that there's nothing wrong with me. It's the opposite. The avoid of tshuva is to realize the opposite. To realize how, how limited, how fleeting, how meaningless life could be, or how meaningful it could be, depending on how you live it. By the way, this is also the Indian of Achdos. You see, if you look at yourself as perfect, as Beshlemus, there's no room for other people. The avoida of real tshuva, real tshuva shlema, is to stop running your life the way you want it to be. It's bittel. I mentioned this this past chassidish year. That's the whole Indian of the tshuva of Yom Kippur. The tshuva of Yom Kippur, as I said, the distinction between the tshuva of Yom Kippur and the tshuva of Aseris tshuva is that Aseris tshuva, it's called tshuva prati. It's where you're trying to just put band-aids on it, put band-aids on it, put band-aids on it. I'm sorry about this, I'm sorry about this, I'm sorry about this. But Yom Kippur is when you're supposed to realize, this isn't working. I say this all the time, but it's, it's the most true thing. This is not working anymore. I can't be in, I can't just decide what I want to do anymore because look where it's taking me. Look how empty I feel. Look how disconnected I feel from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. look how far away I feel from Moshe Rabbeinu or from Moshe Feinstein or Chankinevsky and therefore the mentality is to stop saying it's, it's not just to say I'm not going to do this I'm not going to do this it's overall I'm not going to live my life independent from Hashem anymore I'm a vatal myself to Hashem no more Ani Ayin I'm nothing I'm whatever you want to me to be Hashem I'm going to be like I said like water go into that mikveh mikveh is it's a place where you can't exist. I'm, I'm nullified to you. That's true Shlema. The truth is, Alpi Chabad, that's the Indian of saying Karbonis. I mentioned Rabbi Nachman's approach. Chabad's approach of saying Karbonis, this will all come back to you in Kippur in a moment. That's also the Indian of Karbonis. In the world of Chabad, the Avoida of Karbonis in the morning is Sumira. It's before a Jew can dive and you have to do true Shlema. So he says in Maramakim number five, The avoid of carbonus issue lahargish, it's to start feeling shviris nasha. It's to start doing tshuva What we're doing on Yom Kippur on a larger scale, you're supposed to do every day, every single day. You're supposed to do that with carbonus. Because what's the Indian of carbonus? The Indian of carbonus is look at the words of the Ramban. The Ramban says that the mentality you're supposed to have when you bring carbonus is you take this animal and you slaughter it and you're telling HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the way I live my life, that should be me. But thank God you have Rachmanus on me and you're letting me kill an animal in my stead. 
meaning the whole Indian of Karbonis every morning is supposed to break down the self. It's true Shalema. It's where you're saying to yourself, listen, this isn't working. Look where this look where my life choices have gotten me. It's to be a dead carcass on the street. The whole Indian of Karbonis is bitl, is to break down that sense of self and to do true Shalema to realize that the way I'm living my life is not working. And this is where it gets me. To be this behemoth. Once you realize, by the way, just Agav, once you realize that that's the Indian of Karbonis every morning, that also explains something interesting. Why do we say the Parshish Akedah, right? One of the, the first thing in the Siddur of uh, Karbonis is saying the, the Akedah Yitzchak, which is a big theme of this, this time of year, the Akedah. Why is the Akedah in, in the Karbonis? If the Karbonis is just listing sacrifices, why is the Akedah there? And yes, obviously, because Yitzchak was supposed to be a Karbon, but he wasn't. But now that you understand the Indian of Karbonis is bitl, it's nullifying what you want in order to do the Ratzon Hashem, the truth is that was the Indian of the Akedas Yitzchak, you know, the fact that Avram Avinu, it's, it's considered his greatest accomplishment, the greatest Nisayon of all time is the Akedas Yitzchak. And almost all of Mepharshim ask, why is that such a big deal? First of all, Avram Avinu himself, his first test life or death for Avram Avinu was not a big test his first test was jumping into the Kivshon Eish before he was commanded by Hashem before he met Hashem he jumped into a furnace so what exactly is the big deal of the Akedah it can't just be to give up your life if Hashem said to give up your life of course they would do it so the Arachayim HaKadosh and all this Svarim it's really Yerushalmi they say that the real Nisayin of the Akedah was not whether he would give up his life it's the contradiction it's the fact that HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him that if you're a good boy, I will give you a son named Yitzchak. And he was. And he got a son named Yitzchak. And that's what he got. And, and he worked and he earned it. And then all of a sudden, right after that, Hashem says, kill him. It would have been so easy for Avram Avinu to say, I don't understand. That's not fair. You told me that. Ani, I don't get it. But what did Avram Avinu do? He was mevato. It wasn't just that he gave up his life. He was saying to Hashem, listen, I don't understand this, but whatever you want. The, the, the Ani doesn't make sense. To Ani it doesn't make sense, but I, I'm a vehicle for you. I, I personally don't understand. It's a contradiction. Whatever you want. That's the Indian of the Akedah. This is, by the way, Rav Wolfson has this big Yisai, that the last Nisayan of Avram Avinu, he quotes the Arachayim uh, the quotes the the the, the Ran in Drushes, the Drushes Aran, that the Ran said that it was Kach no es bincha. Kach is a request that Avram Avinu says the Drushes, the Ran in Drushes, he didn't actually have to do it. He optionally chose to fulfill the Akedas Yitzchak. He could have gotten out of it. So the question is, why wouldn't he? So says uh, Rav Wolfson. We know that um, we know Maisa Abisimilabanim, which means that what the Avos went through. It's not just that what they went through, we also go through. It's that we're able to go through things because of them. And Dafka, because Avram Avinu was able to pass that test, it gives us the ability to pass similar tests. So Avram Avinu goes through that Nisayan of the Akedah, which is, again, not just a Nisayan of giving up your life, it's a Nisayan of Bittal, of will you ask questions, will you say, but I don't, it doesn't make sense to me, Ani, I don't get it. Or will you say, no, Ayin, whatever you want, Nasev Anishma. Avram Avinu Dafka chose because he saw that that last test of the Akedah was going to be the last test for the last generation of Jews. That our generation is going through similar Nisyanis, but it doesn't make sense. It's not fair. 
doesn't make sense to me. The Ani in me doesn't doesn't understand why why is it that other people go through other people break Shabbos and they're coming out on top and other people, you know, aren't sneers and they're getting married. But the Avoidah is bittel. The Avoidah is to say, it doesn't make sense to me, but this is what you want. I'm Nasev and Nishma. And therefore Avram Avinu Dafka did it in order to give strength to future generations. And that's the Akedah. The Akedah is therefore perfectly aligned with Karbanas because the whole idea of Karbanas is to break down the self and to say, stop thinking about what you want and what makes sense to you. Just do the Ratzin Hashem. Okay. We'll come back to you, Kippur. I haven't forgotten. So according to Api Chabad, every day when you say Karbanas, you're breaking yourself down. You're doing Tshuva Shlema. And you're saying to Hashem that I can't live my life this way. It's not working. And where it's gotten me is to the rock bottom. Perfect. Now here's the problem. We're back to our original question, which is, how does that breed Simcha? Right, we started with a question, which is, how does Yom Kippur breed Simcha? Now that you know the Avoid of Yom Kippur is Tshuva Shlema, which means to realize, to come to that realization that my life, the way I've been running it, has chaos. And it's, and it's just taking me further away from the person I want to be, further away from the father I want to be, from the husband I want to be, from the friend I want to be, from the child I want to be. And this isn't working anymore. Therefore, I have to do something drastically different. I have to tear down the self. So how does that create Simcha? If anything, it's depressing. So you'll say, well, Hashem will forgive you, but that's future. So you should be have Simcha Matzayim Kippur. But how do you have Simcha Anim Kippur? But now the question's even compounded. If that's what takes place every day with Karbonus, if Karbonus is a microcosm of Yom Kippur, that every day during Karbonus we're saying that same thing of, of I, I, I sh- I, I'm like a dead animal the way I've been living my life. What's right after Karbonus? Sukkot Zimra. Singing Shira. How do you go there? Where is the simcha of this? And this is the side. In my remarkable number eight, this is why I wanted to say the entire Jerusha, just for this tire. This you side. It's based on a piece from the Baltanya. But the way my brother writes it, I think, is very succinct and very beautiful. He writes in my remarkable number eight. Again, where is the simcha of Yom Kippur? Where is the simcha of Karbanas? Where is the simcha of breaking down of the self? Where is that simcha when you've tore down everything that you've worked for? The simcha comes from remembering the fact that you remember that after you have that feeling of how distant you are from Hashem and you feel like you're so far away and you feel like everything that you've done is just getting you to a dead animal or it's gotten you to, to, to realize that you've run your life into the ground the simcha comes from remembering strengthen yourself and remember you have to remember you weren't always like this that all of us, at some point, were perfect. And this is such a profound yesoid, that before we came down to this world, we were perfect. That our neshamas in Olam HaEmes was perfect. And it was unbroken. And you weren't always that way. And Kla Yisrael wasn't always this way. And instead of focusing on where you were, and where you become. Focus on the fact that you weren't always like this. 
and there's a part of Nisham before it came down to this world was sublime and was perfect. And even after you've come down to this world, there's a part of Nisham that's still perfect. That's the whole Indian of, it's not for now, but the whole Shnei Seirim, the whole Indian of the two Seirim is to show that even though the two goats, they look the same, but they're not the same. There's a part of the Jewish Nisham that's unbreakable. He says, You weren't always like this. And if you have a Jew who's going through anxiety or going through depression, you have to just tell him, you weren't always like this. Which means it's not a part of you. Which means you can get out of it. It's you have to remember. That before you came down to this world, your soul was bound to the living God. And even after you came down to this world and you sullied yourself and you made yourself like a behemoth and you rode yourself into the ground, that's only a part of your soul. But your godly soul is soaring. It's still soaring above. There's a part of all of our neshamas that are not down. Our neshamas are like an iceberg. That a part of it is in the body, but there's so much deeper amongst the surface. There's so much deeper under the surface. And therefore a Jew has to mechazek himself with this memory. That you could become that person again. That once a Jew knows that he wasn't always like this. Don't look at the Jewish people the way they are now. Remember, they weren't always like this. Because we weren't always like this, there's nothing to stop us from going back to that point. And when a Jew is deepens that understanding, that there's a part of him that's still perfect. And there's a part of him that was always perfect and will always be perfect. And you can come back. That leads to a great simcha biadia. Then even though a Jew knows he did what he did, he has the opportunity and the responsibility to go back to the world that was to put the crown back on the head. The simcha of Karbonis that leads you to be able to sing Psukhada Zimra. And the simcha of Yom Kippur is that realization that even though, of course you're not perfect now, and of course your life might be in shambles, you weren't always like this. That when someone's going through difficulty, just remind them, you were normal once. You were a regular kid once. So what's to stop you from going back? And it might have been years, and it might have been thousands of years, but what's to stop Klai Yisrael from being that person again? What's to stop you from being that person again? The simcha that we have, as we say al-chayt, the simcha that we have of Yom Kippur is mechazikas, is to remind us that although our life might be in shambles, and we might have, because of our sense of ani, we might have done things that push us away from HaKadosh Baruch we have to remember we weren't always like this. We weren't always flawed. All of us were perfect at once, and all of us still have an aspect of an Hashem that's still perfect. So why can't you go back? So when you're sitting and crying al chait, it's not from a depression, it's from a longing and a desire to go back to this person that you were once.
and all of us can go back. We just have to go back to the to the people that we once were. That's the Simcha of Yom Kippur. It's remembering that none of us were always like this. All of us at some point were perfect mamish. And now why can't we just go back? I'll end with a Maisa. It's a Maisa I've said over in the past. It's a Maisa I like very much. There was a Chosin and Ben Abrak. Or Maylich Biederman says over this Maisa. There was a Chosin and Ben Abrak who went off the derech. Really, really went off the derech. And for 10 years, it was way off. Cut off the pay, his tattoos, the whole, the whole thing. And he moved to America. And whenever people ran into him, tried to get him back, nothing, nothing, nothing. All of a sudden, after about 10 years, he walks into shul. Not his beard shorter, but all of a sudden he's davening again of a neighbor. So one of his childhood friends says, well, what's going on? What brought you back? So he said, I'll tell you the story. He said, I was, in, I was in New York, and I saw a family friend of mine from one of my parents' friends. And he started, he recognized me, and he, and he came over to me, and he said, I want to talk to you for a second. So he said, so the person who went off the derech had said, listen, I, I was, my, uh, my walls were up. Meaning I expected to have to put up a big fight. I expected him to, you know, give me muster and how do you do this to your parents and you're, you know, they're, they're, they're dying and you're right and all these, you know, you're going to Gehenna. He said, I, but I had the walls all ready. I had every answer ready. He said, but the person whispered something in my ear and he said, it changed everything. And when I heard what he said, I decided I have to go back. He said, what did that guy tell you? He said, person came over to me and he whispered in my ears he said you should know that for 10 years since you left your house every night your parents don't lock your front door because they're hoping tonight might be the night you come home I just wanted to tell you that the kid said when I heard that that even after all these years every night they're waiting for me he said I, I have to come back Senior of Tshuva we all have to realize Hashem is waiting. He wants us to come back. And our job is just to walk through the door. Shabbos.